0: Is Picard the worst Star Trek dad? Welcome back to Nerdist News, I'm Hector Navarro, and today we're beaming to the distant future of the 25th century, because we've got another new episode of Picard's third season, titled Disengage. Like the first episode of this season, this episode was full of references to Star Trek as a whole, and there were some pretty big revelations, too, which has us asking the question, who is the worst father in the Star Trek franchise? The answer may surprise you. And if you want to read even more about the Easter eggs in the second episode of Picard season three, check out Eric Diaz's article over on Nerdist.com. Thanks again for your censor sweep, Eric. Fascinating. But if you don't want to be spoiled as to what exactly happened a few hundred years from now, pause this video, go watch the newest episode of Picard, and then come back and watch this. You have 15 minutes. 15. So, let's just talk about the elephant in the room, because this episode confirms that in the years between the end of Star Trek The Next Generation and that movie Star Trek Nemesis and Star Trek Picard, Jean-Luc had a son with Dr. Beverly Crusher, Jack Crusher. Who is your father? I never had one! And before you think it's weird that Beverly would name her son with Picard after her dead husband, who was Picard's best friend, remember that they live in an advanced society, so they probably don't get hung up on that sort of thing, okay? Relax. And while Star Trek is a show about the best of humanity, learning about the universe with ethical dilemmas and phaser battles along the way, one theme that constantly crops up across the series and films is daddy issues. And Picard's estranged son, Jack, brings that tradition to the next generation. Literally. Who is your father? I never had one! Picard's realization that he's been absent from his son's life brings us to the question, is he the worst father in Star Trek history? No, not in the least. But who is the baddest daddy in Star Trek? Don't speculate. Tell me, honestly. Many of Trek's characters have complicated relationships with their father, like Tom Paris or William Riker. Or there are characters who are fathers themselves who have complicated relationships with their children, like Gold Dukat. Ugh, Gold Dukat the worst. Yes! (laughs) And we want to keep this list limited to main characters, because while there are plenty of established characters like Kyle Riker, Admiral Paris, Gul Ducat, and Abern and even Q, who seem to be pretty bad dads, they can be outshone in that department by Enterprise Bridge crew members. We're also limiting this to what we know about fathers in Trek's prime timeline, so sorry George Kirk on the Kelvin, you died. And before we get to the bad dads, we have to acknowledge the good ones. Let's start with the best Star Trek dad, Captain Benjamin Sisko. He did a great job raising Jake all by himself. And before you start calling Ben Commander, remember that Ben was promoted during season three's The Adversary. Those pips look good on you, Captain. On a similar note, probably the second most in-depth parental character in Star Trek is Miles O'Brien. He may have made his fair share of mistakes, but he cared a lot for both Molly and Yoshi. Not bad for the most important person in Starfleet history. You wanna see me do some cartwheels? You bet. We'll give Tuvok and Star Trek Voyager the benefit of the doubt. It's not his fault. He got stranded away from his family for years. Plus, Vulcans live a long time. Those kids are gonna get over it. No. We're also giving the benefit of the doubt to Geordi LaForge. We haven't seen him parent yet, but his daughter, Sydney, seems to have turned out well, her shuttle incidents aside. Because you crashed the shuttle? I, I was a cadet. Twice. Likewise, Captain Hikaru Sulu's daughter, Demora, also turns out well, following her father's footsteps as the helm officer on the Enterprise B as seen in Star Trek Generations. I know we're not covering the Kelvin timeline, but that Sulu also seemed to be a good dad. Data may have only been a father for one episode of The Next Generation, but he raised Lal right in The Next Generation episode, The Offspring. It's a shame he never got to meet his other daughters, Daj and Soji, from the first season of Picard. Show me more, father. Riker also seemingly has done right by his child, Kestra, raising her along with Deanna Troy, as we see in Picard Season 1, Episode 7. Nicely done. You cut out the venom sacs. Now let's boldly go into the bad dads, starting with the Vulcan Sarek. Spock and Michael Burnham's dad may be the most complicated one of all. He has a very adversarial relationship with his son Spock, even though he seems to have chilled out by the time of Spock's first death in the films. It was most kind of you to make this effort. It was no effort. You are my son. And he had his fair share of misunderstandings with his adopted daughter, Michael. Maybe we'll learn more about how Sarek parented his first child, Cybok, especially after Spock's half-brother was teased in Strange New Worlds. James Tiberius Kirk definitely wasn't a great father. Where's Dr. Marcus? I'm Dr. Marcus. He didn't know his son, David Marcus, well enough to have any kind of relationship with him. Is that David? And he bore a lot of guilt after David's death in Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, which almost ruined the Federation's plan of peace with the Klingon Empire later on in The Undiscovered Country. But being an absent father doesn't make Kirk the worst father. Picard, likewise, has merely been an absent father. Sure, he may not have gotten along with children in general, but he wasn't their father, just their captain. And we also don't count him interacting with Shinzon, his young clone played by Tom Hardy, as being a father-son relationship. While I'm sure JL regrets not being able to connect with his son Jack, Picard is still miles ahead of the worst Trek daddy, ironically, someone else who shows up in this episode of Picard because the crown goes to Worf, son of Moog, of House Martok. Worf likewise didn't know he had a son at first. That is a running theme in Star Trek. And it took him a while to warm up to young Alexander Rozhenko. He knows nothing of our ways. The father and son butted ridged heads a lot, but we won't hold the time Worf and Alexander had to survive a holodeck program running amok against Worf's parenting skills, because that's probably a super common problem in the 24th century. While their relationship aboard the Enterprise was fraught, Worf and Alexander seemed to come to some sort of understanding after some time travel shenanigans where an alternate future Alexander went back in time to stage an assassination attempt on Worf in order to prevent a future Worf from being murdered. But who among us hasn't had that exact problem with their child? (laughs) Very relatable, Star Trek. Very relatable. But afterwards, Alexander went back to live on Earth and Worf doesn't see his son again for years until Alexander shows up as a member of the Klingon Defense Force during the Dominion War, which digs up a bunch of their old drama before they again make up. So maybe all's well that ends well with Worf. What are the odds we see an Alexander cameo in Picard's final season? No, you must earn victory. But beyond just the revelation that Jack Crusher is Picard's son, This episode of Picard also had its fair share of Easter eggs and references. The full list was compiled by Eric Diaz over at Nerdist.com, but we wanted to highlight some of them right now. This season continues to pay homage to Star Trek films. The shuttlecraft that the Shrike destroys is named Savik, after the Vulcan who appeared in Wrath of Khan, The Search for Spock, and The Voyage Home, a great trilogy. Savik also became the captain of the original USS Titan. Good for you, Savik. Also, the Titan fleeing into the nebula at the end of the episode recalls both the Mutara Nebula in The Wrath of Khan and when Picard tried a similar ruse to hide from the Borg in Best of Both Worlds. There are two new musical references added this episode. I love these. The first is the music associated with the Shrike referencing the absolutely classic original series episode Balance of Terror. Also, Worf's appearance is accompanied by Jerry Goldsmith's Klingon theme from the original motion picture. Picard points out that one of Jack Crusher's criminal exploits took place on Binar 3. This planet was only seen in the Next Generation Season 1 episode, 11001001. Try saying that five times fast. Do it, and then film yourself, and then tag me on Twitter. I want to see that. There were also a couple of Easter eggs for fans of Deep Space Nine. When Rafi looks up Sneed, we see that his known accomplices include Quark, Brunt, and the ever-talkative Morn. Sneed even has a baseball in his collection of human items, something he might have learned about from Quark. Sneed also name drops Section 31, which seem to be a lot less secretive than they were during the Dominion War in Deep Space Nine if their existence is now known outside of Starfleet. With Raffi working for Starfleet Intelligence, we wonder if the shady organization could make an appearance as well. And we're excited to see what new references to Trek history we'll see when the third episode of Picard comes out next Thursday. But in the meantime, what do you folks think? Who is Star Trek's worst dad? Who is the best dad? It's probably not the diviner from Star Trek Prodigy, right? <laughs> and did you spot any other Easter eggs? Are you not seeing what I'm seeing? Let us know in the comments below. Thank you so much for watching. And for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, stay tuned to Nerdist.com. By the way, are we mentioning anything about... Star Trek Prodigy, yes. Oh, wait. Just wait, bro. Oh, wait.